Awesome. My name is Joe. It is great to be here this morning. Um, a shout out to everybody here in the room, but also anybody that's watching on the live stream. Um, we live stream this service at the 11 o'clock, and we have had some great feedback on that, which is super cool. But I wanted to make a mention of that because if you're listening right now online or if you're going to be back next week, um, this is a big switch for us. And so we'll be live streaming the 10 a.m. service because we're going to combine the 9 and the 11 to a 10 a.m. service. So everyone say 10 a.m. Awesome. Everyone say June 3rd. So yeah, so the lights are going down. We're good. Um, I think you want to click message is what you want to do. There you go. Um, it is awesome to be able to kind of like combine those services together. Reason being is that a lot of times the 9 o'clock folks never get to meet you. And the 11 o'clock folks like you don't get to meet them. And so we're going to kind of combine, which is cool. I actually, um, I texted a couple of people that uh, I was like, you are some of our like, like die hard 11 o'clockers. What happens if we go to a nine? And pretty much it was like, I'm okay with it. But, and so how about 10? 10, we're good. You can still sleep in a little bit, um, but it's all good. So that's happening next week. And if you show up at nine, we're going to have you set up some chairs. If you show up at 11, you can sing some songs and you'll be done. So it'll be fine. All right. But uh, hopefully after that, you'll be back at 10. But it's awesome. So Discover the Wonder is our kind of like focus. Um, I'm noticing, did you guys pass the clipboards? If you have, if you're sitting on the left side of your row, Go ahead and pass that to your right. This is our analog way of getting connected with you. We've done this for a long time now, and it is absolutely the best way we've found to be able to connect with you. So if you're here for the first time, you can let us know that, but you can also let us know if there's anything on that list of things across the, the top there that you're interested in. We would love to be able to connect with you and uh, be able to get you the information that you need. So uh, that is super important to us. And someday we might go digital with that, someday. Um, but for now, we're going to hang out in the, the analog stuff. So, so Discover the Wonder is kind of where we're at. We talked a couple of weeks ago about the ocean and about how this idea of the ocean being that 95% of the ocean has been unexplored. 95% of the ocean has been unexplored, unseen by human eyes, and we don't know what's out there. Probably more water, right? But we haven't, we haven't seen it. And so the human race understands and has explored 5% of the ocean. And if that's all of the information we have about the ocean, how much do you know about the ocean? Maybe 0.00000% like of the ocean, right? And I think that this is a really important thing because what happens is in our life, we kind of like get lulled to sleep into a routine of like, I've got my nine to five. I'm just doing my thing. I've got the kids to get here and there and everywhere in the next hour and a half. And this is all kind of crazy stuff. And we kind of get lulled to sleep. And so we've been praying this, this prayer to disturb us, God, to the wonder of who you are. And let us not fall asleep to all of that. I think um, even the songs that we sing, you know, the song we, we sang at the first, you know, you know, bursting, bursting, I feel it now. Right? Yeah, you guys are just like. And it always cracks me up. Like, it's just the worst of thing. You like that. The, the worst thing that it is is like you're singing about this amazing, awesome 
God that he has put the spirit of God inside you. He, there was a scripture from Psalm there that like communicated that to you. And then it's just like, mercy. And this is part of it, right? This is part of it. This is part of the, the, the losing. Like, we disconnect things so easily. We disconnect the things that are, like, awesome about God and about how amazing he is. And because of our world in our face all the time, we lose the, the wonder of it all. And, and so how many of you guys are going to be celebrating tomorrow, Memorial Day? Anybody off work? There you go. Nicely done. Not everybody's off work, right? But a lot of us are. And it's the same kind of thing, right? So we separate Memorial Day and we separate that from w what it represents. Right? So we're all like, hey man, what kind of what, burgers? Like, what are we doing? Brats? What's happening? You know, it's going to be good. Um, that's all awesome. And we celebrate and we're having a blast with our families and stuff. But we don't remember, we don't connect the dots and say that sometimes there may be someone, there may be a family that is all together but they're missing someone because that person gave their life for us to be able to have a Memorial Day off of work. So I don't want us to go too quickly because I want us to identify something in our hearts, which is the fact that we like and we tend to disconnect things if we're not careful. Memorial Day is one of them. So tomorrow, when you're cooking out, when you're celebrating, when you're hanging out, which you should do, when you're cooking out, which you should do, when you're with family, which you should be, that is all awesome. But I would challenge you to connect it back to the reason why you're together and why you're able to be together. Is that fair? And in the same way, today, I hope that we can connect what the wonder of God is like in our hearts with really how awesome God is. Because... Um, I mean, when you think about our world and you think about everything that's going on, we kind of get really self-centered, right? But let's just talk about, we've talked about the ocean, we've talked about a lot of different things. Let's talk about space for a second, right? So here's a, here's a kind of an illustration of all the planets in our solar system, and you can start to see like that Earth is, is just that little P over there, right? And then these huge planets like Jupiter and Saturn are just huge, you know? Just amazing size. But then there's this like, big hot ball of gas on the left side that's just creeping in there. You can't even barely see it, you know, and it's huge. And I don't even know if this is really an accurate portrayal of the sun and the size of the sun, because it's like the volume of the sun is like 133,000 times that of earth or something crazy. But this is why when you go outside today, it's hot. Because this thing is huge. It is huge, and we forget that, right? We forget that this thing is millions of miles away, and it's literally going to cause some of us to get a sunburn in the next 24 hours. Does that blow your mind? And then you're like, all right, so we're in that little guy, and then the sun is, is heating us, which is amazing. We're the only one with life on it. And then you zoom out one, one more slide, Faith, and you, you get to this point where you're looking at the galaxy and you're realizing that our solar system, all the stuff we just saw, is like in that tiny little dot there. And the little fuzzy orange part is basically kind of like what we've mapped pretty well and kind of know and all that stuff. And we've seen, we obviously know the Milky Way and all that that's there. But there's so much that we don't know, right? And anybody feel really small and insignificant at this moment? <laughs> yes. Like, really? But 
in reality, this is what God created. This is the God that we serve. The God that we serve created this. And we're not even talking about the universe because that's actually a little over the top. We'll talk about that another weekend. But the universe is a whole other story. But we start to feel like, okay, man, but this is not only the God that made this, but this is the God that knows you. That, that little dot that we're in there, and in that solar system, we're like one of the smallest planets. And there, we're in Moni, one of the smallest little towns. And yet God knows you. I mean, how awesome is that? What is the wonder in that? That we get to know that God. How many of you guys have met someone famous before? Anybody? Yell something out. Give me. Okay. The, the Def Leppard guy. What was his name again? Joe Elliott. There you go. I love it. Nice. You asked Sanctus Real, which is a band, for help with your homework. That's amazing. What do you got, Mike? Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac. Okay, there you go. Nice. Uh, we haven't gotten that one this weekend. Nice. Cool. Yeah, Emma. Okay, well, there you go. I love that. Well, I was in Atlanta um, several years ago, and it was hot, and it was dinner time, and we were going to dinner at Ted's Montana Grill. Anybody ever been there? And it was, man, it was hot, and we were famished, and so we got there. We got kind of like towards the front of the line, which was great, and they're like, oh, yeah, 20 minutes. Cool, 20 minutes. We got this. About 40 minutes goes by, and we're really starting to, like, lose our marbles, and we go back in. We're like, hey, so what's going on? Like, where's our, can we, like, like get seated? What's happening? Like, oh, we're working on it. Don't worry about it. About an hour and 10 minutes goes by, and we're, like, literally over it, and the reason we didn't move to a different restaurant is because every restaurant in the area had a line out the door. So it was like, we're not going to start over. We got to hold on just a little longer, right? So we're there, and we were inside the restaurant at this point, and all of a sudden, a bunch of black SUVs pull up to the restaurant, and out jumps some Secret Service people, and they come into the, into the um, restaurant, and they kind of push everyone aside, and they say, ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States, Jimmy Carter. And I was like, whoa, and got to shake his hand as he came through, small teeth and smiles like he is, you know, and he came through, and I was like, you're the reason why we're waiting for our food, you dog. I didn't say that, actually. <laughs> But that was a cool thing that really, it wasn't cool at the time, but it was cool at the time. You know, it was just like, man, okay, can we eat now? And then he had like lunch with, t or dinner with Ted Turner in the next room, and it was like all that or whatever. It's like, ooh, cool. Mike and Jeremiah, we met Mark Burnett at a movie screening. Mark Burnett, the guy who created Survivor, The Voice, um, Shark Tank, stuff like that, you know. Um, the richest guy you'll probably ever meet. Pretty cool. Awesome. And, and so... Um, does that, that, that's pretty cool when you meet someone famous, but does it compare to knowing the God that created what he just saw on the screen? It doesn't even compare, right? And yet we get all excited about, oh my goodness, I met Sanctus Real. Oh, I met Bernie Mac. This is amazing. And we have like more amazement over that than we do over the God that we serve. So today, if you are going to follow along with us. We're going to be in a book of, uh, the book of Isaiah, and we're going to start in chapter 6. If you'd like a Bible, um, Donna's going to get you one. Just raise your hand. Keep it up in the air. She will get it to you. Um, what's awesome is that when you read Scripture off of a page, it's so much more powerful than reading it off the screen. So I'm challenging you right now to go ahead and take a read of this 
in Isaiah chapter 6. We got someone over here too. Donna's working hard today. Good deal. And while they're doing that, we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, for this moment. There are no mistakes in this room, and we know, God, that you are here. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you to teach us and to challenge us and to, to help us uncover and rediscover the wonder of knowing you and all that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to go ahead and read through Isaiah chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Here we go. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted. Everyone say, high and exalted. You guys are really depressed. We're going to work on this. All right. Seated on a throne. Everyone say, on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Everyone say, train. You're welcome, Emma. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy. Everyone say, Holy, holy, holy. Do it now. Think they were, they, I think they were a little more on point, but we'll go with it, all right? So holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook. Everyone say shook. And the temple was filled with smoke. And Isaiah's response, woe to me. When I was little, I used to think that they spelled woe wrong here. I thought it should have been W-O-A-H, but obviously not. Like, he is like undone. He says, woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal. Imagine this, a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And with it, he touched my mouth. And he said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying this, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Everyone say, send me. So this is the picture we see. Isaiah has a dramatic moment of seeing the Lord. And he writes this down and tries to describe what he's seeing, right? So he sees the Lord high and lifted up. He sees the Lord on a throne. 
We see him high and lifted up to know that his position, that he is above all things, that he is on a throne, that he has power. He is a powerful God. And his train, the very train, I mean, the Israelites and the Jews, they used to think that God kind of resided in the Ark of the Covenant and in, even in the Holy of Holies, which was kind of, you know, like a part of the temple. And here Isaiah is like, let me tell you something. The train of his robe fills the temple. So it, mind, it kind of like blows up their theology about what God is like and how big he is. And it's like just the train of his robe fills the temple of it. And, and so this is challenging. And then there's the doorposts and the thresholds that are shaking and there's smoke and there's these creatures that have six wings that are flying and they're, they're, they're chanting and singing and holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And this is amazing stuff. And then Isaiah's response, right? Isaiah's like, whoa, woe to me. I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips. I, I'm with people that are of unclean lips. And then one of these creatures, these amazing creatures, comes with a hot coal and touches his lips and says, now your sin is atoned for. Very symbolic moment for Isaiah. And then God says, who are we going to send? Who's going to represent us? And Isaiah says, I'm here. Send me. I mean, look at the, look at the difference, right? The first, like, the first moment of, of experiencing God in this way, he's like, literally like, he's like, woe to me. I am undone. I am, un, I am unclean. I, this is not good. I am ruined. And then just a few sentences later, he's like, here am I. Send me. Like, whoa. That coal must have done something in his heart to realize that he was okay to say, here am I, send me. Right? What, what, a, what a switch that is. All right. You guys ready for this? Let's dive into it. We're going to do this, and we're gonna, um, I'm going to need some volunteers because we're going to act out this whole scenario. All right? So, oh, we got some people already ready to go. All right. Come on up. We need, we need, a, we need a sound effects specialist. That's none of you. You're going to be the seraphim. The three, you're going to be three seraphim. All right. Oh, wow. They're, they're a little overly excited. Do you agree? All right. We are going to need, we're going to need someone who's good at sound effects. We're going to need someone who's good at like movement and motion. All right. And we're going to need, there you go. Okay. That's good. You, we haven't like started yet, but you're good. Yeah, okay. You're ready. All right. Cool. All right, Hannah, what do you want to do? Sound effects. Okay, good, good, good. All right, we're going to give you that. All right, now we're going to need a narrator, and we need someone that's good with motions besides flying. Mike, what do you got? You're going to be the narrator? Yes, let's hear it from Mike, Mike Koenig. Dude. Everybody's favorite guy. All right, cool. And we still need two more. We need someone who's good with motion, and we need someone who's good. Um, it could be Isaiah. There's a lot of awkward moments in church. This one, you really only get at second place, just so you know. <clears throat> So 
someone who's good with motion, and we need Isaiah. Well, the other services were much more like ready to go. Kate, all right, Kate, what are you going to do? Motion. All right, let's hear it for Kate. And now we need, we need Isaiah. It always works out. We need Isaiah. All right, Aaron, Benda, let's go. All right, so here's the idea. Mike, you're going to narrate, all right? Hannah, your sound effects. Kate, you are motion. Um, we've got a seraphim here, and we've got Isaiah, and I think we're good. All right, let's see what happens. They're actually walking into the unknown right now. Let's, let's go back to verse 1, and the narrator will start. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Kate, that might be the thing right there where maybe you fill the temple with his robe. I don't know what that looks like, but yes. Yeah. There you go. Oh, there it is. There it is. I like that. Above him were two seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and they were calling to one another. Holy, 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 and the temple was filled with smoke. I'm digging this. <laughs> oh, give him the mic. There you go. Woe to me. I, I cried. <laughs> I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips and have lived among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Wah, wah. Then one of the seraphim flew to him with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, Okay, see this. See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. <laughs> Yay! Let's <Yay. laughs> fly off. Bye-bye. <laughs> Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. <laughs> All right, give it up for these guys. Okay, so everybody in the room is going, Why do we do this? So give me some reasons why we do this. Anybody have any thoughts? I'll take, it, I'll take one off the list. Public humiliation is definitely there. It's definitely on the list, and it's close to the top, all right? It helps us remember it. Yeah. One of the things that every pastor, if they have an honest moment with you, that really drives them nuts, and they try to figure this out every week, is why do people forget the messages? Because they're boring, and mine are included in that. But when we're able to reenact something like this, we're able to actually remember it. Does anybody remember what we talked about last week? We acted it out. The Good Samaritan. 
We got it. And so this is one of the main reasons is so that we remember what we are reading. Um, it's actually a very uh, common or, or known way of communicating, especially by missionaries, because what they do many times, if you go into a village, you may not have fluency in that language, and you may have a language barrier, but what you're able to do is you're able to act out and begin to storytell through this process. And so I think that it's really great because it helps us remember as well. But there's another thing too, and that is this. It really pales in comparison to the real thing, right? Like some of us should be like uncomfortable, right, with like how awkward that is and how much we've, man, if you really thought about what, what Isaiah said, was saying and what he saw, it, it's, there's no comparison, right? So it causes us to think about, well, if this isn't it, I mean, how much more awesome would it be? I mean, Aaron, great job as Isaiah, but I'm pretty sure when he said, woe is me, he didn't go, woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Like, he was probably a little, little more into it, right? And so these are the reasons why we look at this. And so when we think about this passage, we have to ask ourselves, okay, so what does it teach us? What does it show us? What does it allow us to take from this and move into this week for our own lives. And so let's start talking about that. Um, when we think about the power of God and the awesomeness of God that we see in this description, one of the things that we can come away with is we can say, you know what? I am never going to see God like Isaiah saw God. Don't speak too soon is what I would tell you. But I will tell you one day we will see God. Jesus in all of his glory. But the other thing too is this, that this question is really question number one is, where is God revealing his awesomeness to you in the everyday? And how do you not miss it? Because just because you're not seeing what Isaiah saw doesn't mean that God isn't wanting you to see the awesomeness of who he is every single day and every single moment. I mean, go outside today, stand in the hot sun, and be amazed at something so far away that God created could literally make you sweat and get sunburned. That's pretty amazing stuff. How do you not miss that? You're going to have to develop something in your lifestyle that causes you to tap into the wonder of God around you. Then you look at Isaiah's response, right? You look at Isaiah's response, woe to me. This is, this is really, um, I think, probably what, I don't know what I would say if I was him, if I would have been in that situation, but it probably would have been something similar. I don't even know if I could speak. But there's a few things that his response shows us. The first is this, we are not okay. Woe is me. We are not okay. And I think that for us, as soon as we think that we're okay and that we've got it all together, like just get into an Isaiah situation and allow yourself to experience the awesomeness of God and the holiness of God. You see, the purity of God's holiness reveals our sinfulness. It reveals the ruin. It reveals, reveals the woe is me moment. The second thing is that not only are we not okay, but we are in trouble. Like the purity of God's holiness reveals our need for a savior. It's different than revealing our sinfulness. It's, it's, it's this need that we have for a savior that our soul needs 
to be purified. Our soul needs rest. And so this is another big idea. And then the third thing is this, is that we are unclean. Like the purity of God's holiness reveals our dirt. It reveals our stuff and it reveals our garbage, our baggage, our struggles. And when you think about that, maybe, you know, we don't know a ton about Isaiah's, like, personal life, and, but there was something about what Isaiah had going on in his life. And he was a man of God. But he said, woe is me. I am unclean. Like, there was a response to God's presence that caused him to just break down. And, you know, if you, if you read between the lines, um, I think what you would see in there is that what he's saying is, I am not worthy. He's saying like, woe is me, I am unclean, I am not worthy, I am not in the right room. This, I should not be here. Like, you don't even know the thoughts I've had, the things I've done. God, I, I don't belong here. How did I show up? How did I get here? And for some of, some of you, maybe that's where you're at too, where you think about the holiness of God and like the awesomeness of God and you're like, woe is me. I don't belong here, man. I come to second place. I hang out. I listen. What, you know what? I, I don't, I'm not worthy. You see, you don't know the stuff I've done. You don't know the struggle that I've had. You don't know the baggage that I carry. And, and, and woe is me. I am unclean. This is not okay. How did I get here? God, what is my response? My only response is to say, I, I don't belong here, God. And so what's interesting about Isaiah's response is that now you see that God has a response to Isaiah's response. And so as, as Isaiah confesses and he's like, oh my goodness, I am undone, it begs a question for us, which is where is God showing us our great need for him? And are you responding you know, it's this idea of like, um, you know, Dave spoke about it a few weeks ago where it's like, hey, how's it going? I'm good. How you doing? I'm good. And when we all say that we're good, in reality, there's a lot of brokenness in our lives. And so where is God showing you that you have a great need for him? And how are you responding to that? Are you like, hey, God, I know I've got a lot of stuff going on, but I'm working on it. Or are you saying, I've got, I've got a lot of stuff going on, but I need you to work in me. I need to trust you with who you say I am. So God's response to Isaiah's response is amazing because the seraphim comes over and he touches Isaiah's lips and purifies him from his sin. And this is so symbolic and so amazing. And it's so powerful for us to think about the fact that as we confess those things to God that we have held on to for years maybe, or maybe we have said, done, or had done to us, we confess those things, that the way that God's economy works is that then salvation comes to us and he forgives us. Is anybody excited? We read a, a scripture just a couple weeks ago, 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. If we claim to be without sin, if, if Isaiah shows up in that vision, he's like, hey God, I'm, not, I'm okay, I don't have any sin, then he would have been deceiving himself and the truth would not have been in him. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us 
from all unrighteousness. This is powerful stuff. This is the New Testament side B to the Old Testament side A, right? We see the same communication, the same words that, that the scriptures are using to impact us. So a question that you can wrestle with is, where is God working out your salvation? I really believe that God is wanting to work out our salvation. It is a, yes, we have a moment when we go all in with Jesus and say, you're going to be first in my life. But then there's a working out that happens where there's healing that happens. There's, there's, there's um, struggles that continue, but we continue to find victory over those things one by one by one. And so all of this is something that we can wrestle with this week as we see what Isaiah experienced. But not only does God save us, but then the economy continues. So there's this undone, there's this confession and then there's this salvation, but then God's response is that he sends Isaiah. He sends him. And you can continue to read in that chapter about how that happens. And so it is that in the New Testament, we're called to be the sent ones as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, looks like this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What's that? Well, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. We are the representatives, the sent ones, the ones that are saying, here am I, send me, as though God were making his appeal through us. And we implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. This is the way that the sequence works. We have an undone moment. We confess. God saves and purifies, and then he sends so the question at the moment with that is, where is God sending you? I mean, we stop at salvation so many times, right? Going to work out our salvation, just going to continue to work it out. But you know what? There is a sending that happens to us. If you don't buy it in Isaiah, then buy it in 2 Corinthians because it's saying to us that we are Christ's ambassadors. Now we are the sent ones, so where is God sending you? Because this is your future. You may be stuck on point one with the undone moment, that, that I am ruined moment. That's okay. Because as you pour your heart out to God, maybe in the next few moments, then God will bring that pure the purity, that purification of your soul, and you will be able to then step into salvation and then step into being sent. And then maybe you're there. You're at like, hey, man, I've, I've been working out my salvation, but you haven't, you haven't stepped over the line to do anything with that. The question is like, why, is, why did God save you? He didn't save you to sit here. He sent you to go out there, change the world. You see, when we see things like this, when we see saving and sending, and we see that, vision, that picture. It's why we partner with organizations like Hope for Justice. It's why we battle against human trafficking. It's why we do the 5K in the fall. Is because we believe that this is Jesus in his hands and feet today. So Isaac, come on up, man. And I just want to have you share a little bit about Hope for Justice and help us understand how we're supporting and the fact that we've been supporting you guys for a long time. But um, 
yeah, just a little bit about Hope for Justice and kind of like how that all connects in. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll start with this. I mean, your church has been supporting us since we started in the U.S., and so I want to take the time to you guys give yourselves a round of applause right now and say thank you. Um, some of you are like, I didn't even know we did that. You did, and it's amazing. So uh, Hope for Justice, our mission is to end modern slavery by preventing exploitation, rescuing victims, restoring lives, and reforming society. I call us a global nonprofit that operates on a local level. And all I mean by that is we have offices around the world. We have offices in the United Kingdom, Norway, Cambodia, Vietnam. We've opened up several offices in different countries in Africa. And then we have an office here in the US. And each one of those does something specific to the area they're in. So for example, in Cambodia, we focus on restoration work. We work with girls who've experienced the worst of the worst kinds of trauma, starting with a long-term trauma therapy home called the Dream Home. Um, their girls will spend two to five years with us where we work with them to help bring about holistic restoration um, from start to finish, healing the wounds of the past and providing hope for the future. We work with them to provide them op options to hear the gospel and connect in that way. On top of that, on the other side, the stuff that gets me really excited is here in the U.S., we launched the beginning of 2017 the U.S. Investigative Hub, where we have private investigators whose backgrounds are in FBI, anti-terrorism, NCIS. One of them used to defuse bombs for the military, and now they work across the country to help rescue people from human trafficking here in the United States. So that's just a brief glimpse of what we're doing. We're doing so much more than that. Uh, but yeah, that's what we're doing right now. So I love that. And I love the fact that you're here because it's like, you know, we put like a, a body with this organization and it's great. And I think what helps us too is to like, like help us with this graphic and with yeah. the Freedom Wall and a couple of stories about what you guys have done. Yeah. So as you can imagine, this is a heavy topic. Uh, my first week on the job, I went home pretty much in tears every day because we're just dealing with darkness in many ways. But we are an organization that believes in hope. I mean, it's in the title, Hope for Justice, right? And so every time we rescue someone, we want to celebrate that. That's another person experiencing freedom. So what we do around the world is every time someone is rescued, we have a little red lock. And on it, we write their name and the date they're rescued. And every office in the world hangs in on a wall called the Freedom Wall. And this wall is huge. It fills up a room. We've rescued hundreds of people, some as young as one year old and some as old as 75. And so I'll give you two quick stories of people we rescued. Uh, one of them was a girl named Zoe. Uh, she was being trafficked in the UK. She was working in brothels throughout the south of the UK. Our investigators there got information about it. It was such accurate information. They knew they needed to act quickly. So they show up and they began to try to build a relationship with her because uh, they knew they couldn't just come in and then take her because she was already taken in that situation. They wanted to build a re uh, relationship which they would, she would come with them willingly. And one day they're working on that, and she suddenly disappears. And so they're, try they're, fre they're freaking out. They're trying to figure out what's happening. They find her picture on a back page website, different name, same girl. They track her down. They say, please come with us. She gets in the car. The whole time she thinks it's a dream. She doesn't believe it's happening until they pull up into the restoration home. And she looks around, and, and she goes, wait, this is real? I'm not going to get abused tonight? And our investigator got to look at her and say, no. You are free because you're a princess and a daughter of the king of the universe, right? And this girl just loses it. She starts saying under her breath, I'm a princess. I'm a princess. And we work to rescue princesses and princes. Another woman we rescued, uh, she had been trafficked in California. She was brought here from the Philippines in 1981. She was promised a job. And when she showed up, they took her passport forced her to live on a cot and began to only feed her based off the leftover scraps of dinner. She would work for this family for uh, 37 years. 
And through an act of God, she ended up, she got, she got ill. I know that sounds crazy, but it was an act of God. She got ill. She had to go to the hospital. She happened to sneak a cell phone out of pictures, one of the little flip phones with pictures. The nurse happened to speak her language and had heard about human trafficking, took the pictures, called Hope for Justice. We sprang into action. On top of that, another act of God, the head of the FBI in California was roommates with our lead investigator at Quantico. And so we call them up and say, hey, we have something for you. And the next day, they kick down the door. They've rescued this woman, and they're working to prosecute the family that had kept this woman. She's 75 years old. She spent 37 years, half of her life, being trafficked by this family. And so that's the work we're doing. That's amazing oh, stuff. Do you mind if I yeah, share this? Awesome. So we, your church has uh, partnered with us for so long, and it's really been a key to unlocking freedom for so many people. And so we wanted to just say thank you. So we have one of the locks. And we hang on these walls, and it says second place, and we wanted to give it to you guys as, just to say thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, kind of the hot topic last night with the students and maybe even this morning, too, was this idea, a couple of programs that you guys have started yeah. with Teens Teaching Teens. So talk about that for a second. Yeah, so we really, you know, your church has been so amazing in supporting us, and we're always looking for passionate individuals to get involved as well. Um, people like uh, Lindsay Yoder, who's 14 years old, and last summer she watched a movie about human trafficking. I found out she's from Arthur, Illinois. Arthur. Is, oh, yeah. It, it is the middle of nowhere, right? Probably. Okay, yeah. so she's from Arthur, Illinois. She decided that she uh, had to do something, so she walked from Arthur, Illinois to Nashville, Tennessee, over 300 miles in 30 days to raise awareness and support. She raised $40,000. And when I mean she's not normal, she looked around and said, that's not enough. I want to do more. So this summer, her family has been biking from the border of Mexico to the border of Canada. They just got to Canada this week to raise more support. Now, not all of us are Lindsay Yoder. I'm not Lindsay Yoder. I've not biked across the country, right? But we are looking for passionate people who want to make a difference. And some of the ways you can do that, if you're a teenager, we do a teens teaching teens program. We work and train teenagers to go teach other teenagers about the reality of human trafficking. We do abolition groups, which are small groups focused on any human trafficking and giving you tangible steps to work. And then we have a guardianship program that we're partnering with your church to do. So lots of ways. I'd love to tell you more about it. Come talk to me out there. We're also doing a, a giveaway of some cool shirts and some different uh, goodies. So I'd love to connect with you. Awesome. Thanks, Isaac. I appreciate it, man. Give it up for this guy. So why does the band come up and, and just allow like stories like that to maybe reflect like the wonder of God that how in some practical ways, how does a church like us help something like that happen? Only God. It's amazing. But also just the, the wonder of God in the fact that in the same way that Hope for Justice works to save those people who are enslaved against their will, God has come to save you, and he's come to send you as well, just as they send. And so I think the hard part for me in the, all of this is it just is really a broken system, right? I mean, I'm, I'm up here. I'm trying to communicate to you, like, how amazing and awesome God is. But in reality, the only one that can really reveal that to you is the Holy Spirit in your heart. You know, we've read Isaiah. We've paraphrased Isaiah. We've acted out Isaiah. And yet, sometimes it still isn't really ringing true. And so my hope is that we ask ourselves, how do we respond to a God like this, even though we may not be experiencing him that way right now? 
And I think sometimes it's a step of faith to say, God, I believe in you, and I know what your word says, and I put my faith in you, and I want to lift you high. And one of the ways that we do that is through worship and through song. So today, as you guys can stand up, and as we worship God, and the band is here to serve us, to lead us in worship, that we would not just allow these to be songs, but these would be our prayers to God, that we would sing back and reflect back to him just a little bit of what he is and be able to really allow God to open our hearts to the wonder of who he is. Lord, we just pray right now, God, as we go into this time that these lyrics, Lord, we've had some songwriters that have, that have written lyrics to try to, de- to describe you, to try to, to put some gravity to the whole situation. And so, Lord, it's, they fall short. But, Lord, we just ask that you would receive what we are about to give. Lord, that some of us that are feeling undone and ruined today, Lord, that we would be able to maybe break down and confess some things to you. Lord, for some of us, we may need to find a a quiet spot in the warehouse somewhere to be able to kneel or be able to raise our hands, to be able to just speak to you and to share with you what's on our heart. And Lord, those of us that are experiencing salvation for the first time or or again, Lord God, that that sense of wonder about that you saved us, Lord, that we would have that moment too. And Lord, for those of us that are feeling that, Lord, the next step is to be sent, I pray, God, that you would reveal to us and that some of us may be, get, receive a little whisper in our ear today from you during these next few moments about where you're sending us, Lord. We pray, God, that you would do something in our midst. Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. The book of Isaiah says in the first chapter, it says, God speaking to Isaiah says, if you're willing and obedient you will eat the best of the land you will be productive you'll be fruitful but it's a combination willingness and obedience sometimes we're willing not necessarily obedient sometimes we're obedient but not very we're dragging our feet right oh my gosh i don't want to do this god but there's something spiritually powerful about a willing heart that follows through He doesn't say, well thought through, thou good and faithful servant. Well planned, thou good and faithful servant. (laughs) He says, well done. Well done. So when Isaiah is standing there and all of a sudden he says, here am I, send me. It's a choice, right? There's something dangerous amazingly dangerous about a heart that just says willingly, here am I. got to be careful though. God may very well speak. <laughs> he may say, go to Kenya. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've never traveled outside the United States. <laughs> but then when you do it, the amazing return. And that's the challenge of Joe's message today to us, right? Be willing, here am I. But also, God, I was put my foot in the Red Sea and believe you can part it because you're all powerful. You created the universe. <laughs> Surely you can order my steps, right? So let's just guess just in our own way, just in your own way to God, with your thoughts, just take that first step. Just here am I.
my heart, my inadequacies, my limitations, everything. I just surrender to you and just say, do with me as you will. to really encourage you keep praying that prayer this week each morning here am I here am I use me today here am I Father, we just bow our heart before you, Lord, salvation to the highest, Lord Jesus, break our heart for what breaks yours. Here we are, we stand before you. Father, I declare unto everyone in this room that has said in their heart willingly, here am I. I pray, God, you would knock doors down that you would open passageways, that you would give them favor, that you would bless and extend their ability to impact and touch others as they step out in faith. Father, that you would see, God, they would see your power and strength in ways that they never thought possible. God, as they walk in faith, but being a doer and not just a hearer only. And Father, we just commit it to you. Bless your people as we leave this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Take a minute to talk to our friends at Hope for Justice.